Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates from Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. As promised, recently retired, a uh, very popular member of the Edmonton Oilers when he was here. We said we'd try to hook up with him, uh, discuss uh, the next step in uh, his journey. Uh, we welcome back to the show a uh, very popular member of the Oilers when he was here, Matt Hendricks. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, Bob. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm not doing bad. I'm not doing bad. I, yeah? Yeah, well... Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy for you. You've you, you've got yourself a new gig after uh, willing yourself to over 600 games in the National Hockey League. So, uh, uh, how difficult of a decision was that for you? Because I think maybe there was a chance you could have gotten another uh, one-year contract out there. Yeah, I think I was there, maybe potentially. But I, you know, the way my last my last year went, I think it was just time. Um, the workouts have been getting that much harder. You know, you get in the gym. I, I actually went went to the gym twice at, at 7 a.m. and came home. And after the second day, I just kind of looked at my wife and said, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> so I don't know how hard of, it, of a decision it was. I think, um, I think it'll be a little tougher come September when camp opens up and stuff. But as of right now, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the choice I made. I'm looking forward to uh, working with younger players and, and helping them out. I think it'll be a rewarding career path. Uh, you know, Matt, I got to tell you, I, 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 I had the same feeling back in 1991. I, I went to the gym two days in a row. And... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, you know, it, it, those workouts, they're getting harder and harder, and I'm getting older and older, and I'm trying to keep up with these young guys. And yeah, I know my role going into another season would would have been very extremely limited playing time it would have been more of a you know kind of a mentor role anyway and as much fun as i have playing hockey as much as much as i love to play hockey i just i think it's time for me to move on well well, 
I, move I, on to the next phase. I, I told you this two years ago. If it was up to me, and you know I, I'm not exactly a shrieking violet around the management types in the organization. Like, There's two guys that we've had in this city in the last 10 years that I would have pushed hard for the Oilers to hire development roles or as transitional coaches, mm-hmm. which, which NFL organizations have. Jason Strudwick was one, and, and you were the other. And it's because you guys both willed a career and you you did some of the, the the dirt to paraphrase Pat Quinn like you did some of the tough stuff but it's it's mm-hmm. it's a lesson I mean uh, and I'm not kissing your butt here I mean you really how old were you when you broke into the NHL Matt when you finally made it um just about 28 right. it was at the end of uh end of the 2008-2009 season so I was turning 28 that June and you ended up getting 600 games in after that point. Were, were, were there points along the way, Matt, where you didn't think it was going to, you know, maybe when you're playing with Florida down in the ECHL when you came out of St. Cloud, like, was there a time, right. was there a time you thought it wasn't going to be possible to play in the NHL? Um, gosh. I think looking back, um, when I was playing, I had a good year in Hershey. I was on the American League deal there, and I started getting calls from Europe with uh, – you know, good financial offers to go over there compared to what I had been making or probably looking at making in the minors going forward. So that was kind of when you start questioning, um, questioning, you know, what path you're going to take. And, you know, you talk to, you talk to your family and, and the ones that have been with you the whole journey. And, you know, I just think when they ask you, did you dream of playing in Europe? You know, it kind of dawned on me like, no, I didn't. And for me, my dream was to play in the NHL, and you know I was going to keep going. So you kind of put those those offers to the side, and and I just kept going forward, hoping, hoping, and figuring my opportunity. See, the one good thing I had is I had a lot of friends that were playing in the NHL at the time, as I was, right. you know, going through the minors, and you know they just kept, you know, as, as great of friends as they were, they kept telling me you just got to keep going. You're going to get a shot. Someone's going to give you an opportunity. And, you know, you'll never look back, and I was very fortunate uh, that it did kind of go that way. And and you know, I probably played a lot longer than than I should have. I'm lucky, <laughs> lucky, lucky to have the career I had. That's for sure. So, you know, I, I I have no hard feelings towards the game at all. I'm I'm I love the game of hockey, and I'm extremely extremely excited for this next opportunity, this next role. How important was Bruce Boudreau to you? Because your career kind of took off once you got to Washington. Well, for sure, and uh, you know, it, it started long before that. It started in Hershey. I went into, uh, I just finished up uh, an American League deal in Rochester the year before. I was in Rochester all season. They tried to send me down to the Shreveport Mudbugs at one point during the year, and you know, Gregory Campbell ended up getting called up to Florida, and he stayed there for the rest of the year. So, you know, him getting called up actually saved me a job in, in Rochester, but I didn't play a lot. And didn't get a ton of opportunity. They were a dual affiliate with uh, Buffalo and Florida, like I mentioned. But the next year, I signed uh, an American League deal in Hershey, and they had just won the Calder Cup the previous season. I went in there. I remember going over to Bruce's house. He had all the American League guys over. Well, the rest of the guys were still up in Washington for main camp, and I was walking in his front door. And he, if you've talked to him, you know how he's kind of a character and a comedian. He, and he said, so uh, you're my fourth-line center. And I looked at him, and I said, well, I'm Matt Hendricks. Nice to meet you. And he says, well, yeah, yeah, I'm Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, so you're going to play fourth-line center? I said, well, I haven't played center since I was in college. He said, God, what are these scouts telling me? <laughs> and, 
you know, we had a good relationship, and I just kind of earned more playing time and more opportunity, and that's kind of where I look at my career really taking off. I ended up getting a, an NHL two-way after that with Boston, and but then to go full circle and go back to Bruce in Washington and play for the Caps, very dominant team out uh, out in the Eastern Conference, and you know it was a lot of fun for me, and it was a lot of fun to be with him again this year in Minnesota. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot for my career. Yeah, absolutely. We we're joined by former editor Matt Hendricks. He played over 200 games. Uh, for Edmonton, uh, and he, I, I got to tell you this: you're the only Oiler player that has ever held up a team bus for me. So uh, <laughs> most most guys wanted to kick me off the bus, but uh, you said, yeah. "Hey, we're we don't have all of our party to go back to the hotel here after the morning skate." So that was during the playoff series against Anaheim, which, yeah. by the way, if I recall, you didn't get into, but you you took every, and it, it's a great lesson. I mean, I it's pretty clear to the fans here that the team missed you once you didn't come back. But what, what was your experience like, you know, overall? How would you assess things here at Edmonton the time you spent uh, in the city, and especially maybe watching guys like uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl grow and develop? Well, yeah, you know, the first year coming in, it, it was a tough season. It came in, uh, I think it was right around January 12th, I yep. believe the trade happened, and I came up for, for Dubnik, and the team wasn't doing well, you know, the confidence of the entire group was down, and that was a tough season. And then uh, Todd McClellan came in. Um, wait a minute. No. Dallas finished that year. Yep. Dallas started the next season. He got and got fired. I'm trying to remember. Exactly. He got fired in December. Yeah. Early December. That's right. That's right. And that, so that second year was tough. Um, you could see with when Connor came in his rookie year under McClellan that our team, we started to play better all around hockey Yeah, and just having Connor was an extreme <laughs> help for the group. But that injury that he had was tough, but having him, our, our team took big strides. So we came back the next year and it was a, uh, it was a great year for our group and to get into the playoffs and to, to, to go as far as we did, you know, we, we had a tough injury to Secra there and, in, against Anaheim, and it was a—it uh, ended the the way I wanted it to. That's for sure. My time in that. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined by Matt Hendricks. Matt, uh, some quick hitters for, here for you. I mean, you spent four years here. You had two stints with the Winnipeg Jets to end their career. So you played in the Canadian markets. You're playing in the state of hockey. Um, there's certain guys that love just love playing. Period. And then there's certain guys that are up for the challenge to play anywhere. You were one of those guys because there are there are guys out there that don't necessarily want to play. You know, in a market like Minnesota, where the hockey team's a big deal, or for that matter, in Winnipeg and Edmonton, where hockey really is the only deal. There are guys that right. kind of want to avoid those scenarios, aren't there? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's the truth. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. Media, media in, in big cities, especially in Canada, can, can make it tough on a group if things aren't going well. And some players, you know, like to avoid that. I think all players like to avoid it if they can control it too. But right, you know, I think the the great thing about playing in in the Canadian market is the, you know, just how much the fans support you. You know, you can read negative things everywhere if you really want to, but uh, in terms of having support. You know, you just look outside, you look at all the flags in Edmonton on people's cars and license plates and driving around and you see all the jerseys and the supports there. You're going to find negative people no matter where you go. So just try to avoid them. 
and enjoy it. And, and when you do find success in those markets, it's a uh, man, what a, what a ride it is. I had that that year in Edmonton. And then, you know, two years ago with Winnipeg when we, when we right. lost to Vegas in the conference final. So it, uh, it's a lot of fun when things are going well, that's for sure. But, you know, I think that's what makes your teams, the Canadian market teams, need to be that much tighter as a group where they can rely on each other when times are tough. All right. Uh, how about this? Uh, one more uh, uh, one more thing just for you to have a little bit of fun with. One thing I admired about okay. you, you punched above your weight class. Was there ever a time yeah. you sat there and squared up with the guy and maybe the guy, because, you know, you're like, what, what were you, six foot one, 210 max when you played? Oh, no. I'm, I like to say I'm six foot, but just a hair under. Okay, so was there any time? <laughs> five eleven and fifteen sixteen. We'll say that. Okay, so there you go. Uh, was yeah. there was there ever a time you squared up with a guy, you know, that was six foot three, six foot four, and two hundred and twenty, two hundred and twenty five pounds? You're like, oh man, I'm gonna this. Yeah, th- this Mac Mac <laughs> Mac Karkner. Yeah, I'll never forget it. We were in Wilkesbury, and he was playing for Wilkesbury at the time, and I was playing for Hershey. He hit me with a left, and I don't remember the next three days, I think. <laughs> he was a big boy, and oh, I, yeah. I was definitely outside my weight class, but I don't know. It's, that was what I thought I had to do to get to the next level. So yeah, he, you, do, you do some stupid things sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, well, I, it's all, it all comes with the territory. So tell me about this new opportunity to, to develop kids. Does this allow you to, obviously, you're, you're going to be at, you know, how much travel is going to come? Like, are you going to bounce around? and? Yep deal with the prospects that are playing major junior in Canada or at NCAA schools? How does that all work? Well, you know, I, I'm just still kind of getting my feet wet with everything. You know, it was uh, it was a real whirlwind the first week to try to get me uh, try to get me um, under contract so I could be on the ice with the players when they're in development camp just after the draft. So now I've been in the, I was in the office uh, over free agent signing and kind of getting my laptop computer set up and all that good stuff but you know what i'm really i'm really looking forward to is you know first working with brad bombardier he's kind of he's kind of my boss he's the head of player development with the wild and he's been doing it solo now for for right around eight or nine years so he he really has his, his ducks in a row so i'm looking forward to working with him um going to spend a lot of time with tom curvers and talking about iowa and working with the coaching staff down in iowa and then um, traveling around and checking out, you know, our college prospects and our junior prospects. So my first big trip is going to be coming up here at the uh, right at the end of the month, beginning of August. I get to go out and see the uh, World Junior Showcase in Michigan. So I'm looking forward to that. We've got, I think, four players that are going to be participating. Um, one from Sweden, um, a couple from Canada, and uh, a couple from the U.S., I think. One, one or two from the U.S., so looking forward to that but you know i think kind of my role is just going to be watching game film you know watching some clips keeping my hands on guys in terms of talking to them a lot keeping communication open and helping them any way i can because when i was sitting in the room the other day down at camp uh, paul fenton and brad bombardier were kind of addressing the players and talking to them it, it didn't seem that long ago that i was sitting in their in their in their same seat so you see the smile on their face and the excitement that you know that that that's the part of the game that I love, and that's the part I think I'll miss the most. You know what, Matt? Attitude's everything, isn't it? At the end of the day, it sure is. You know, it takes you a long ways. Uh, you're living proof of that. Uh, we'll talk again. Thank you for the time, Matt.
off, you take care of yourself, all right? Enjoy that nice Alberta summer. All right. Well, we're just waiting for it. It hasn't <laughs> come yet. Take it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Take it's care, way. We got our first day in Minnesota. All right. Bye. All right. See you, man. That's Matt Hendricks, uh, now with the Minnesota Wild Organization in, develop, uh, in development. Um, just was an absolute pleasure to deal with during his time in Edmonton. Positive guy, Terry, uh, Matt Kartner. And Matt Gartner could chuck him. Remember when the Ottawa gooned up against the Rangers and the Rangers like wanted no part of it? It's 1249 in Edmonton. That uh, was in the playoffs about four or five years ago. Uh, we will hear from Dave Campbell. Get a quick update on the uh, Eskimo game tonight against the BC Lions. And then uh, coming up today at... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To 105, the Oilers Entertainment Group's new president of business operations, Tom and Selmy. This is Oilers Now. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630. 12.51 in Edmonton. Very quick text uh, out of Sandy Beach. Uh, Bob, if everybody played the game with the passion and the effort that Matt Hendricks did, the game would be a better place. Totally agree. Just, you know, like another guy like that, Brad Hunt. Just a guy... Because nothing was given to those guys, so they appreciate every second of it. Uh, no attitude, awesome guy to deal with. Let's go to Dave Campbell, Eskimos radio analyst. We got the Eskimos and the BC Lions tonight on 6.30, Chet. 6 o'clock uh, with the pregame show, 8 o'clock with the kickoff. Second matchup in a span of, uh, I guess, uh, about uh, almost a month. Dave, how you doing? Doing good, Bob. Thanks, man. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. So, uh, Eskimos coming off a bye week. Uh, this is an important time for uh, Edmonton here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, going into the bye week uh, on a loss is not uh, not an enjoyable thing to do for, for any team, and especially with this club, uh, the way they played in Winnipeg. And I thought they were the better team overall, but they did, they made the mistakes uh Made too many mistakes compared to Winnipeg. I mean, they they dominated in every offensive category except touchdowns. Winnipeg had four touchdowns to the Edmonton's uh, zip, and uh, Edmonton had to settle for seven Sean White field goals. And defensively, thought they played pretty well against Winnipeg, but they gave up more big plays than the Eskimos offense did it generate enough big plays. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens tonight. Of course, these two teams played I think three weeks ago in Edmonton, and. Uh, if the Eskimos win tonight, it's uh, they capture the season series uh, as these two teams have uh, one more game to play in October in Edmonton. And I'm sure the Lions remember that game very vividly in Edmonton because uh, after a tough start, or a good start, uh, they got knocked around pretty good by the Eskimos, especially uh, Mike Riley, who was sacked seven times and hit a bunch more. 
Yeah, uh, well, certainly it's a different-looking Eskimo defense than the one that Mike uh, Benavides uh, ran the last couple of years. Is that? A f- I mean, you're closer to it than I am, so is that a fair assessment? Oh, no, no question. I mean, uh, Mike Benavides relied on front four pressure and and coverage from his uh, from his uh, you know his back eight, and uh, there are just times where it just uh, I think you know Mike Benavides had a successful run at times. But uh, I don't think it was as aggressive as I think people wanted, or even uh, eventually what the what the organization wanted. Philip Lawley comes in as a new defensive coordinator, and he's going to pressure, pressure, play aggressive. Not necessarily, you know, send the house all the time, but he's definitely going to play more games up front. And uh, that's that's what we're seeing. And you know, we're seeing too many penalties, unfortunately, from the defense. But I think that, you know, that's the line that you toe is if you're going to be that aggressive, you're going to get some calls. But they got to maybe knock it back a little bit. But there's no question that this defense wants to maintain their aggressiveness. We're joined right now by Dave Campbell from the Eskimos uh, Radio Network. Uh, he, along with Morley Scott, will have a call tonight. The Edmonton Eskimos coming in with a record of uh, what are they two and one on the season? They take on yep. the BC Lions. Offensively, uh, how much you think it uh, frustrated uh, those guys that they didn't punch it in the last game against Winnipeg? And finishing off drives is obviously going to be an emphasis. Yeah, no question. I mean, when you don't get touchdowns and yet you have a chance to win the game on the final drive, uh, that's pretty that, that that's pretty impressive. That's saying something that you did enough good things in the game to to give yourself a chance to win. But you know, if you convert those two chances in the red zone, even get one of them. Um, it's a different sort of game, but uh, you know that's where it came down to me. It's just the, the lack of finish in that game. Uh, they did a lot of good things. They moved the ball extremely well. Trevor Harris is off to a, a great start. He's averaging close to 400 yards a game. Uh, it's going to be hard to keep up that clip, obviously. Uh, but you know they they got some balance in the receiving core. They're going to have Devaris Daniels make his debut tonight. So uh, really excited to see that. I think a lot of Eskimo fans should be excited. Uh, so I, you know, I think the offense played a, a pretty good football game. They just didn't score. You know, they got to get the ball in the end zone tonight for sure against the uh, BC defense, who I don't think is as good as the Bombers. And even with Mike Riley on offense, uh, I don't think this is a, uh, as good of an offense as, as Winnipeg's is. Um, but what Mike Riley has is big playability. He's going to get his favorite target back tonight, Brian Burnham. Uh, so, but you know, this, this is a game I think the Eskimos stand a good chance of winning. But you know, like. Winnipeg, they can't uh, they can't afford to make those uh, those few errors on defense that allow the ball in the end zone, especially with a quarterback like Mike Riley. And on offense, they just got to simply finish. Dave, two more questions for you. Number one, what's the overall health status of the football team right now? Well, they're, they're getting uh, some guys off of one game injured uh, tonight. I know Alex Bazzi's been activated. Uh, I expect him to to have a chance to play. Um, they activated uh, a couple of a uh, couple of other players. Uh, uh, Christoph Malamachemenga, who's going to be on the roster tonight on special teams. Uh, Blair Smith, unfortunately, had to go on the six-game injury list. So they got some guys still on the six-game injury list, but uh, I, I would say they're slowly starting to get healthier, um, and, and that's a good thing. And the good thing, Bob, is that if, you know it's never good to have any injuries, but if you can get them out of the way early enough like they did a couple of years ago, it was a pretty healthy group at the end of the season. They were a pretty good football team, so hopefully that's what we're going to expect. Has anybody? All right, and the final question for Dave Campbell, Eskimo radio analyst. Uh, Dave, has has a team separated in the CFL right now? Because to me, uh, Calgary aren't quite. They don't appear to be quite as dominant as they've been in the, the past few years. Is, or am I off base there? Or? No, no, I, I agree with you. Except they came out and you know they really, I think, uh, manhandled Saskatchewan pretty impressively, and that might speak more to Saskatchewan than Calgary. But it was a very impressive performance. 
you know, I, I think the Bombers are still the best team in the league, and they have a good matchup tomorrow against the Argos. They should win that game at home, and that would move them to 4-0. and So, you know, this is the time of the year, even though it's early, you see teams start to run away, and uh, we've seen Calgary do it for countless seasons, right? And this year it looks like Winnipeg is that team. But, you know, the Eskimos win tonight. They're 3-1, and one and they're, they're, uh, they're keeping pace for first place in the West, and, and they get the season series too. So that's a good carrot that they can take uh, forward uh, into the rest of the season. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think right now, you know, in the West, it's, it's Winnipeg. In the East, you know, you got, you got Hamilton that's 3-1. and one. You got the Red Blacks that are 2-1. and one. Um, but, you know, right now it, it looks like it's the, it's the Bombers that are the best team in the league right now. All right. Dave, thanks for your time. We'll be listening tonight. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Dave Campbell, Eskimo Radio Analyst. Do you want to mention to you, be listening to Oilers now tomorrow. We'll be giving away two pairs of lower bowl Edmonton Oilers power packs. You can choose from the champion pack, the Canada pack, the Saturday night pack, whichever one you want. Remember the deadline to sign up for advanced access to buying Oilers power packs when they go on sale this Sunday is at edmontonoilers.com. But be listening tomorrow for your chance to win with us here on Oilers Now. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. And when we come back on Oilers Now, the new COO of the Oilers Entertainment Group, Tom and Salmi. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.